unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. It's November as we record this, and it's actually sunny out and not bad at all. I'm feeling good, like the weather. Nice. It is sunny here in Colorado as well. By the time people get to listen to this, it's going to be the middle of December, and they're going to be like, stop rubbing it in from the past. You know, I, I heard something really interesting about the elections. Apparently, in Colorado, they um, passed recreational cannabis, making it legal because they forgot they'd already done it before. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, David's going to get political. But no, that's a good one. <laughs> we don't do political on this podcast. You know that. True. And speaking of the past, we are returning to one of my favorite series on the podcast, which actually has to do with the past. I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. So question, have you ever written a really good sales page or a VSL script and you're sure you've done everything right, but it's still not converting the way you know it should? Sometimes it all boils down to that final push. More than a call to action, the final push is a collection of simple but crucial elements to help your prospect get across the finish line. And we've gathered these tips from what was discovered in rigorous testing and studied by an old master, Clyde Bedell. More about Clyde in a minute. We're going to share some of his best ones on the show today. But right now, the best thing I can tell you is that copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Nathan, you know, we've done a couple of different Old Master Series episodes before on Clyde Bedell. And we've talked about him, but to refresh our viewers' and listeners' memories, and maybe yours, besides being a highly successful advertiser, he was a prominent teacher of copywriting and sales. For example, he built a national sales training program for Ford Motor Company in the 1930s. And when he was teaching copywriting at Northwestern University, he couldn't find a suitable textbook. So he wrote one himself. And that turned into How to Write Advertising That Sells. It was first published in 1940, 13 years before I was born. Wow. This book is eight and a half by 11, see it, and a massive 539 pages. It's pretty hard to find a copy these days. Lucky for me, I got mine years ago when it was not so rare, easier to get, not quite as expensive. A little while ago, I saw a copy on Amazon for $736. It's worth it, but that's a lot for a book. Now, today we're going to look at chapter eight, which is simply called Try for Action. It's chock full of tips on how to get your prospect across the finish line to click and buy. Now, uh, 
you know, when you and I were talking about this episode before, we realized that some of these things were more for print advertising, mail order, you know, retail store sales. So we're we're going to add a few things. And, you know, there's, there's still print advertising. There's certainly still brick and mortar stores. So we can talk about that too. Mm-hmm. But here are some things you need to do right at the end of your copy to help push your prospect right across that finish line. The first main point is give your reader or VSL viewer good reasons or excuses for buying, okay? People leave this out because sort of curse of knowledge, fatigue of writing, right? You think, well, it it ought to be obvious. Well, ought to be and is are actually two different things. Mm -hmm. So here are some steps you can do. You've got, if you've done a good job using the law of one, you've got like a key pain point or a key problem that you're going to explore, maybe agitate, and then solve at the end of your copy with your product. But just because you mentioned it at the beginning, I mean, people don't want to remember what's uncomfortable for them. So you want to repeat that key pain point or product or problem the product solves. Or if you haven't been following all the steps you should, Bring it up for the first time. I mean, there there are situations where you're not going to talk about it, right? I mean, it's it's not always appropriate to mention it at the beginning, even if you know what it is. It usually is. Sometimes it makes sense to do it differently. But finally, at the end, to give them that push, make sure you bring it up. A friend of the show, Ben Settle, he likes to say, rub salt in the wounds. We want to really exaggerate that pain point or paint out the picture of what that pain point looks like. Maybe right now you just got back from the doctors and they said, you've got borderline diabetes. Well, if you're selling a solution for that, you the pain point right now isn't that bad. But if you paint a picture of, Hey, you might get amputated. You might lose your foot. You might not be able to go on walks with your grandchildren in the park, painting out, making that monster that's in the room instead of it just being kind of a fuzzy, undefined monster. It's a clear monster with bloody fangs and venom dripping and all kinds of matted hair and yellow eyes. Like you make it really clear so that uh, that pain point is not just like this vague, nebulous thing. And then also the flip side of that, taking them from the extreme hell to the extreme heaven island, not doing that at the end of your sales letter is definitely costing you sales. Yeah, and that's a good point. Maybe you're not going to do that in the beginning. Maybe that would be too much intensity to start. It would be too jarring. But at the end, is that's a good, it's a good time to do it. And it gives your sales argument and, and the whole effect of the letter more momentum. Mm-hmm. So... One way of doing this is what's known as the crossroads close. I'll give you an improvised in the moment example. Right now you're at a crossroads. You could continue listening to this copywriter's podcast and get rid of that low conversion problem forever by implementing some of the steps. Or you could just turn it off and continue to do what you're doing and continue to get such a lousy return on ad spend that you have to abandon the whole campaign altogether. The choice is yours. Mm, I love it. Right. So that's, that's the crossroad close. And the, the key essence of the crossroad close is what just to re 
mind the prospect of what could happen if they don't buy. Yeah. And we've mentioned this before. A lot of times by the time you get to the close of your sales letter, if you've been going through chronologically piece by piece, you can run out of steam. So one tip that we've talked about in the past is starting with your close and making sure that you don't run out of steam, making sure that you're not hammering home your best points, making sure that you're not selling from the heel. Sometimes it makes sense to start at the at the end and then work back from there. But it's, it's a try it and see if it works for you kind of thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you need to have a lot of energy and a lot of focus and intention with a good close. And you know, in, in terms of the human body and, you know, the, the cycle of work, you may have run out of that if you wait till the end to write your clothes. So mm. you might want to start thinking about it sooner. The third thing that's going to give them good reasons or excuses for buying is an urgency tactic, mm. a limited quantity bonus only up to a certain deadline or a price rise after a certain deadline. Now, when we were talking about this, you, you made a point that if you're selling a digital product, limited quantity, that's not going to be as believable. I mean, you might have some mechanism set up so that when you get to 500 copies, you know, the the PDF generator turns off or something, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's not going to work. But, but there are other things you can do, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember when I was a kid, they had the local mattress company boss is out of town for the weekend. We've got to get rid of all the inventory in the warehouse before he gets back. If he gets back and finds out we put everything on, so we are going to lose our job. So we need to sell it now and show him. And that was using like the urgency of he's only gone for the weekend. Plus the urgency of the scarcity. We've only got so many mattresses in the warehouse, but yeah, with a digital product, you can't do that. And it feels fake and kind of icky. One of the things that you can do, though, is if you're doing a training on Zoom, you can use Zoom's scarcity. Hey, Zoom, the account that I have only has 500 seats or only has 100 seats or whatever. You can also do the qualifications scarcity. Hey, this is only for certain types of people. This is an offer that's only for you if you meet these specific qualifications, kind of giving them that sense of elitism. There's still ways to do it. It's a little bit harder to emphasize urgency and scarcity in the digital world, but there's still a lot of ways that you can do it. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, the the limits of the technology or the limits of the particular and there probably is no limit to how many people you can have online if you have the right package, but those can be very expensive and not everyone has one. So yeah, using that, I mean, I, I think the, the takeaway here is not the particular way you do it so much as to make sure it's plausible, make sure it's believable. If, if it looks fake and scammy, that's going to hurt you more than help you a lot, hurt you one a lot. Of- one of the things that I do in a lot of my own offers is, look, I can't scale this. It's me and my small team, and we like to offer the boutique, uh, very personalized customer care. And so we can only manage five or six clients at a time. And so we only take on this type of client. And that right there makes everybody who's at least quasi-qualified start jumping through hoops to make sure that they're the ones that get in. Yeah, and and that's actually true. I mean, I know how hard you've been working, and I don't think you could take on any more clients right now. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the, the second Bedell, you know, command or suggestion. And that is make it incredibly easy to buy. This kind of sounds like a no brainer or a stupid idea, but I'll tell you, it's not. A lot of people are so concerned about all this technical stuff or they're so into their own business and their own vision and their own meeting or they're so into the branding colors that all this crap that really doesn't help sales very much that they don't make sure links, order pages, and in print ads, coupons and phone numbers are all correct and work when someone tries to use them. You know, I've used this example before, but it's it's worth bringing up again just to make the point. Back in the day when there was no internet and there were magazine ads with coupons, some brilliant designer decided to have everything, all the, the whole page in black ink with white reverse type because it looked so cool. The problem is on the coupon, you would need a pen that writes in white ink in, in order to order. <laughs> so you, you've got to think this stuff through from the very practical utilitarian level. I heard of a case last week, true story, where a funnel goes from the ad, skips over the sales page, and goes directly to a bare bones order page. And they were upset that they weren't getting any conversions, but they completely skipped maybe the most important step of the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the way you find this stuff out is having someone else go through it or go through it yourself when your mind is clear and, and you can just focus on it. Um, so, you know, the, the bottom line here is to make sure the steps that your prospect has to take to buy are all included and they're truly the path of least resistance. So I'm going to give two extreme examples real quick. I'm sure everybody can relate with the first one. You get off of work. You're just getting done picking up your kids. You're completely exhausted, but you need some groceries for dinner. So you stop by the grocery store on the way home. You grab the four or five items that you need and you go to checkout and the checkout line. There's only one register and then there's the self-checkout and both of them have 25 people in each line. And you just think to yourself, they're not making it easy for me. I'm going, we'll microwave something out of the freezer. I'm not dealing with this. If you don't make it easy for people to pay you, a lot of them will just walk out of the store and not come back. I've had clients in the past that sold CBD and they'll get their payment processor shut down and then they'll go to Stripe and then they'll get Stripe shut down and then they'll go to Zillow and they'll get that shut down. And then they'll, and then eventually they'll be like, look, just, send me an e-check and I'll ship you your product. And that makes it so difficult. And they just lose sales. Even from loyal customers, they just stop shopping with them. And it's because it was, it was impossible to make it easy to pay. So ease of payment, especially at the last little bit, you want to make it easy for them to cross that finish line. Yeah. You know, both you and I, we, we don't have enough minutes in the day, but guess what? The same situation occurs for our customers. And you've got to you've got to build your buying process around that. Just make sure it's easy. Stop using the hero's journey in your sales copy. My book, The Persuasion Story Code, will help you put together stories that convince your prospects and resolve their objections. If you are a copywriter, 
You'll appreciate that every single one of the 25 kinds of stories in this book have been proven time and time again in profitable sales copy. But I've also used these kinds of stories to close five and six figure deals for my own business. And so have many of my clients. These stories are easy to create and easy to tell. They sound like ordinary conversation, but they are all designed and proven to lead to a yes. You can get the Persuasion Story Code on Amazon.com. So get your copy today. So another way to make it easy to buy is to offer free shipping on your first order. Mm. And along that line, do anything you can reasonably do to lower a prospect's resistance to buying the first time. Because this is a matter of direct marketing math that a lot of people overlook. That sale, the first sale, will always be more expensive to get with the advertising cost or the amount of time you have to put in on a webinar or whatever than the second sale. Once a prospect has bought from you once and had a good experience, they'll be much more, four to five times more likely to buy from you than if they've never heard of you or never bought from you before. And so with a good pattern of repeat sales, also known as lifetime value, you can more than make up for any reduced profits on your first sale. Yeah. And I just want to bring up, I know that you kind of hinted at this, but we were talking about how technology makes it harder to present a false sense of scarcity, but it does make it easier to get people to say yes at the very end, as far as free trials, sign up for the first three months free, and then we'll start billing you after that. That's just one example. But there are other examples as uh, of where technology now makes it easier for people to pay you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how this works on other browsers, but on, on my Google Chrome, if there's a credit card field to pop in, the credit a menu of credit card numbers comes up, and all I have to do is put in the security code. For addictive buyers, this could be a problem. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I, one last thing real quick. I had a client that ran an art gallery, and a, a lot of their paintings were like five to $15,000. And one of the things that made it real easy was we had a plugin that said, hey, just pay a quarter of it at a time. So pay it in four easy installments. And that's just another example of where technology does help make it easier to get that payment. Yeah. And that's part of we sort of been talking about, but I just I want to state it clearly. One way to make it really easy to buy is to offer a payment plan offer a free trial, Um, even offer deferred payment with no interest. Now, you might think, oh, well, if if I was that mattress store Nathan was talking about, maybe, but I can't do that. Well, you you have PayPal credit. Now, that's that's not exactly deferred payment, but um, most people who who have decent credit ratings, FICO scores, can take six months to pay for something on PayPal credit up to their, you know, credit limit with no interest. And, you know, I, I don't, I think you'll probably just get the same discount rate, you know, the the same percentage taken out that you would if you used any other credit card, maybe a little more, but you know, in, in the U S usually around 3%, I think. So Mm. yeah, make it easy to buy, make it easy to buy because if they want to, don't 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 put any obstacles in their way. I know there are 
other philosophies where everything's a challenge on purpose so that hmm. you know once you get it you have this rush of dopamine and and you feel like you've accomplished something we're not recommending that today if that's what you want to do i'm sure someone else has great steps for that but that's not what we're talking about well that's not what clive bedell would recommend either okay so <clears throat> example three th this is like this is, is so obvious and ordinary that some people may find it embarrassing or beneath them. It's not. And that is tell your prospect how, where, and when to buy. Mm -hmm. Just spell it out. Don't be too cool or too cutesy. I mean, I, I've seen TV ads where they sort of mock or playfully dramatize some basic sales principles, but don't get cute about, about free or, you know, or about steps to take. Don't mock the sales process. Be as plain and direct and obvious as you can. Spell out the store hours or the customer service live agent hours. Make the phone number easy to see. Remember, boomers have money <laughs> and they also have diminishing eyesight. So don't have that like four point type that designers think is so fashionable. Make it super obvious also for the most distracted person. That's not boomers. That's everybody. Distracted, overstimulated, multiple things vying for their attention at all times. Make it super obvious to where the link is to the order page. Nathan, you, you had some really cool stuff we were talking about which involved screenshots of what's coming next, right? Yeah, before I jump into that, though, Obvious Adams, a great book for understanding this principle. And then another old master who this episode's not about, but I think we would be neglecting our duties if we didn't mention, uh, Claude Hopkins was amazing at just making it clear, obvious, and um, straight to the point while still being persuasive. So I would highly recommend checking out his work as well. And I, what, what you were talking about, kind of turning a light on so that they know, here's the next step. Here's exactly what I need to do. But here's what happens after I do it. The next step is to open that door and walk over the threshold. But what am I going to get on the other side of that threshold? Lighting that room up. A lot of times we feel like if we're walking into a strange, mysterious room that that we don't know what's on the other side we might step on a lego we might stub our toe on the couch but if we light it up and we have some screenshots of here's the order form on the next page or here's what the here's what the training area looks like here's what you'll get on the other side of this purchase or even in an ad just click the link in this and go sign up on my uh, go sign up on the next page in the ad showing the next page showing the sign up order form helps people overcome that anxiety, the fear of the unknown. Well, we just made it known. It's very clear what's on the other side of this click. And we just eliminated a huge hurdle for why a lot of people don't take the action at the end of our promo. And you've used this, right? I mean, you've actually used this in some of your projects. I use this in everything. This was one of the giant conversion aha moments that I don't even remember where I came across it. Somebody was, somebody just said, just take a screenshot of what the order form looks like on the next page and watch your ad conversions go up. And I was like, yeah, it couldn't be that simple. And I tried it and I was like, oh, it works. And so I've used it 
every single time since then, I, if there's an opportunity to show people what's on the other side, I include it towards the end, especially right around where I'm going to ask them to take that action. Cool. So the second point I've seen, and I, I really, well, I, I've seen it both on Amazon, but I've seen it especially <clears throat> when I'm buying nutritional supplements. I buy a lot of them and I'm buying them online. And it it really makes me feel more comfortable when they give me a time frame as to how long it would take. So if you're shipping something, especially when it's free shipping, give your customer a time frame, three to five days within the continental US, for example. Just let them know what's ahead so that they're not, again, not going into that void, but they're going into a lighted room. Mm-hmm. They can see what's what's the next step. And if you have retail distribution or if you are on more than one online website, like if you're on Amazon and Barnes and Noble or Amazon and uh, Sam's Club or whatever, spell out where your prospect can get it. You can provide links to different online retailers. These things seem so obvious that you wonder why so many people don't do them. I think part of it's like the curse of knowledge. They figure, well, we know this, so everybody else must too, or they can just Google it or some other lame excuse that's costing them sales. Mm-hmm. Man, all of these and, yeah, all of these today, just great tips on, on how to really tighten up the end of your sales message. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why Clyde Bedell is such a great old master. I mean, the, the overall point is don't take anything for granted. Spell it all out. Make it so easy that a dummy would instantly understand. And and so here's a quick recap of the three main points. One, give your reader or viewer good reasons or excuses for buying. Two, make it incredibly easy to buy. And three, tell your prospect exactly how, when, and where to buy. I would, for our call to action this week, I would challenge if you've got a sales piece and it's not converting as well as you'd like it to, just take these three tips. Go through the end of your sales piece. Go to the point where you're asking people to make that conversion, do that call to action, and make sure that you've got these points in alignment and watch your conversions go through the roof. That's a good challenge. I like that. So I second it. (laughs) All right. And... If you enjoyed this episode, we've got a bunch of other, we've 345 other episodes just as powerful as this one over at copywriterspodcast.com. Get access to all of them instantly for free. And while you're there, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast app, copywriterspodcast.com. Until next time, David, thank you for putting this together. This was a great episode, man. Yeah, thanks. I, I agree. It was good. All right. We will catch you later. Catch you later. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.